Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, final day of January, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Kegs knows Trent Condon and Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Uh, here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, we'll start uh, toward the bottom of the hour with our friend Wade Looking Bill. We'll preview the Big Ten second place team. That's true. I didn't believe it either. I had to double check. Northwestern sits in second place in the standings as they come into Carver tonight to take on those Hawkeyes. It's an 8 o'clock tip. Big Ten Network has it. The reschedule of uh, the postponement from a couple of weeks back. But uh, Wade Looking Bill will be here uh, at, uh, in about 25 minutes. Then Shelby Mast in his first of weekly appearances. He is our bracketologist, our go-to bracketology guy. His site is bracketwag.com. This morning, Iowa State remains on the three-line. Iowa in a play-in, 11 against Arizona State, according to Shelby. Uh, so he will be here. Uh, lots of questions. Uh, Big Ten or Big Twelve, rather SEC challenge. Some of the movers and shakers uh, after that. Uh, this uh, event transpired last weekend. In hour number two, we'll start with Adam Emenecker. Boys, a big game at the Knapp Center tomorrow night. An in-state battle: the Panthers and the Bulldogs. Uh, it is televised, but boy, if there's a way, folks, if you can get out and want to see the hometown team, uh, I'd love to. I know they'd love to have a full house or you know, as many people as they can over at the Knapp Center, and they deserve it. Both of the in-state schools playing very well. Panthers, Bulldogs tomorrow night. Adam Emenecker, sponsored by Doco Pizza Company uh, over in the Drake neighborhood. Uh, He'll join us at 12.05. And then we'll talk Big 12 with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. He will get off the air. And within minutes, the Big 12 football schedule will be released. So that happens today at 1 o'clock. I'm anxious to see if there's any schedule leaks that come out prior to that. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as anything, I just want to see who they who they line up each of the schools with on the final weekend. Or even if the, uh, the final week 12 or week 13, whatever it is, final week of the regular season, if they do try to you know, make that a rivalry weekend. Mm-hmm. And who do they uh, match up with, um, oh, particularly here, with Iowa State? And uh, the new schools coming in, the old schools all staying the same. But uh, it, should be a, it should be some fun to kind of dissect through that once it comes on uh, later this afternoon. I'm sure we'll have a few minutes tomorrow morning. Who's it going to be? Who would be the rivalry for Iowa State? Because, I mean, there's easy ones, right? Cincinnati and West Virginia. Yep. Proximity. Yep. It is going to be Kansas, Kansas State. Yep, Houston and one of the Texas schools. Right. I would say TCU and Baylor would probably stay together. Maybe. And then you'd put Tech and Houston maybe together. Maybe. And that leaves BYU. That'd Does that turn good. into a rivalry? Well, I mean, it's had its moments when they, I mean, the basketball it, game that was played yes. there a couple of years ago, that was spirited. It absolutely to say was. The least. Yes. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's it. You know, it's a fan base, the BYU fan base, they're different. It's a different kind of fan base. So on my podcast on the Lockdown Network, our mm-hmm. BYU guy, I mean, he talks about that a lot. We have kind of this Slack channel that you know we're talking about everything going on in our. So help me out know, with this. Lock- yeah. So Lockdown Network is kind of like a um, a clearinghouse for networks, kind of like uh, 
you know, all the blogs go together. If you want to blog on sports, somebody's got a headline or SB Nation. SB Nation, right? So that's what it is. Locked on. So you've got Iowa. Is there an Iowa State locked on? There is not. No, there is. I think seventy-one now college teams. They've they've been looking to find the right fit on the Mm -hmm. Iowa State side, and that's one that they because there's a bunch of Iowa State. uh, uh, What do you call them? podcasters out there. Yeah, absolutely. And looking for that right fit. But yeah, the BYU one, it's it's fun kind of keeping an eye on that. And yeah. obviously with the move into the Big 12. And um, he talks a lot about the fan base gets very rankled if you have anything negative to say. And <laughs> as a podcast like fan base, we know. Uh-huh. And they get very upset. Maybe, yeah, they could become brethren if, yeah. if that happens there. But they're an interesting fan base at the very least. I mean, it, unfortunately... Yeah, it's not a natural rivalry. No, it's not it's one you can hop in the car and go and right. see. It's not a couple hours away, anything like that. It's a flight to get there. Yep. But that's a rivalry I think that definitely could develop throughout the years. Well, we'll find out today uh, It's uh, at 1 o'clock. It's apparently seven weeks later than it normally is, the release of this one, but different circumstances. So <laughs> got to cut them some slack. I'm not sure we can cut the basketball program that oh. resides in any slack after what we saw. Uh, an epic collapse last night, and so many people had hands in it. T.J. Otzelberger. Uh, look, the knock on him, and we heard it when he was hired from our friends in in Nevada who covered his basketball teams out there. It's just his in-game, down-the-stretch coaching, and we hadn't seen that really here. We know he was a heck of a recruiter. Uh, last night, Trent was just one of those. You could see it coming. You could feel it building as the minutes went down and the score kept getting closer and closer and closer. Um, and the game goes to overtime, didn't get a good look at the at the end of the regulation, and then had three clanks, um, you know, to try and tie the game. At the end of it there, Holmes, Holmes might have hit the iron once yep. out of the three. He shot two of them. Grill had the first one. Grill was unbelievable. I mean, you, you can't sit and criticize him. His first half was amazing. He went from a game-time decision to starting in the game and absolutely filling it up. But come on, man. You're up 23 with 12 and a half minutes left in the basketball game. Statistically, statistically you have a 99.6% chance of winning that game, and you blow that game to a team who is looking for their first win without their two best players on the floor, and that happened? Come on. I know, analytically, this is not a bad loss. Yes, they were 0-8, but power rating-wise, this is not a bad team, quote-unquote. That's a bad loss. Mm. And you laid it out perfectly because of the reasons that were behind it, because of the big lead that you had. Under 12 minutes left. I mean, you're coasting. This is cruise control. Home free. Run some clock. Yeah. Grind it out. Yep. Get the win. Yep. And get out of there. Get the right guys on the floor. But the turnover started mounting. Yeah. What was Taman Lipsy thinking on a couple of what did the announcer say? I stopped it and rewound it because I want to write it down. I have no idea what Taman Lipsy is doing. He's panicking. He looked like a freshman for the first time at times in that second Absolutely. half last night. No doubt. I mean, how many times were we having the conversation? Who'd you rather have? Taman Lipsy or Hunter right now? Mm-hmm. We we were having that mm-hmm. conversation. Well now after last night, oh yeah, he is a freshman. Yep. And maybe we we went a little bit too far with the Lipsy love, and there's going to be these moments for any freshman. And he had his moments last night, yes. good ones, too. Getting to, get to the oh, rim. Getting to the rim, that blow-by, absolutely. Yes. He was incredible uh-huh. on that. But turnovers, Kelsher, turnovers. Uh-huh. Kelsher couldn't make a three to save his life last night. And couldn't make free throws. Well, that's just it. The, the, the free throw. And, and everybody in the Big 12 knows it. I mean, if, if, you're, if the game is close, put them on the line. They're yeah. going to miss. Yes. In most cases, they're going to miss. They can't shoot free throws to save their lives. It's just, that one just feels like 
when we look back at this at the grand scheme, now they could come right back and be Kansas on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously that would change things. Or would it? Because you'd still look at this. Yeah, you got Kansas and you finished second. But you know why I finished second? Because that January night when you went into Lubbock and got beat after holding a 23-point lead. Second time they've blown leads on the road in the, in the, in the second half. What were they up at Oklahoma State? 13. 13? Yeah. I was going to say 14. So, um, yeah, I mean... It was there wasn't there was more time left before they started to collapse in Stillwater mm-hmm. than there was last night. But it was man, 60, 27 eleven. Is that what it was? That was their biggest lead, and that one gets away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, I think it was fourteen in the second half at one point. But regardless, um, Robert Jones, eighteen minutes. I don't know. There's moments you look at this kid and you gotta have him on the floor. There's others mm-hmm. you're thinking, my God, what a um, just do get what him you're off. supposed to. You know, just. Don't try to do too much. Mm-hmm. That becomes the problem with Robert Jones. But this was this is a team loss. And and don't give me the free throws in the referee. You're on the road, for oh, God's yeah, sake. You just, don't think that teams leave, leave Hilton saying the same thing right. and have over the... Of course they do. It's life on the road, and I don't care what conference you're in. Absolutely. And, you, and if the other teams get into the, uh, getting 37 shots, they're probably taking it to the rim, mm-hmm. right? Instead of staying on the perimeter and trying to make a shot. Um don't give me the officiating in, in in this game. They were putting their head down. Opener, he was getting to the oh rim my God, whenever he unreal. wanted. How about Harmon in the Harmon second Harmon was phenomenal. I thought of the two that you just mentioned, I thought he was the guy. And just getting into yep. the paint and doing what yep. they wanted. Here's something scary. We know what this program is. We know what their identity is on the defensive end of the floor. Now over the last three games, all three opponents have scored over 1.07 points per game. That's not what this defense is. This is about holding teams under a point per possession. Mm-hmm. That is not what they've been. That defense has taken a tick of a step they back. They have, without a doubt. And because of that, this is what yep. happens. Because they're just not good enough offensively nope. to be able to win games when the defense isn't playing at a yep. elite level. So good. T- take me back to high school with Lipsy. Mm-hmm. D- could he ever shoot the three? Because no. if he could develop that. No, he, that was always his game. Is that right? The best athlete on the floor. They yeah. get out, run. Yeah. That's what they were. Really athletic team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they that was a pace. Could he hit open shots? Absolutely. Right. You know, he could always do that. But it was more than anything, he was the best athlete on the floor. He could beat anybody off the dribble. He can still beat almost anybody mm. off the dribble. No, he, he can. So we saw it last night. Getting the paint. But teams are going to lay off him, and they're yep. going to give him the J.C. Holloway treatment, right? Yes, indeed. They're, they're going to sit back at the free throw yep. line and say, all right, do what you need to. Yep. Until you prove you can hit shots from the outside, we are going to lay back. The late-game situations... Those were awful. I mean, it wasn't just... It was a bad night for TJ. At the end of regulation, first of all, you're down three. You got to drive to the rim there with Holmes. I know there was a defender coming over, but take to the rim. He's not going to He's not going to follow you. And if he does, you got a chance at a three-point mm-hmm. play. Go up there, get the point, get the bucket. You're back within one. And then play the free throw game with them. Texas Tech, by the way, we talk about Iowa State's woes. That's the 222nd ranked team in the country in free throw shooting percentage. Play the free throw game with them. Go to the rim, get the bucket. There was 11 seconds left. There is plenty of time. Stretch that thing out, play the long game, and play the free throw game, and you have a better opportunity. And then the fourth shot <sighs> by Grill, where he traveled. Yep, <laughs> that's true. He slipped. Yep, yep, he did. <laughs> he traveled, uh-huh. and then, of course, that happens. Then on top of it... He did travel, you're right. At the end, that, that shot... There was 11 seconds left when he at the in mm-hmm. overtime. There's plenty of time. You can get I know, something they better. They said you than don't that. want that shot. Did no, it was absolutely yeah. forced up there. Now you can't. After they get the rebound, the tip out there, 
and Holmes fires up the three. It was well short, hit the front of the rim. You can't kill him on that one. You're, you're just looking to get one up. I completely mm-hmm. get that. But both those shots by Grill, they were bad shots. I know he was the only guy that could hit a three in the game. I understand Well, in the that. first half. Yeah. But the second half, he just went cold. You just end the game situations. We've talked about this now. Oklahoma State yeah. didn't get a good shot at the end of regulation. The Kansas game didn't get a good shot. This is three games now where you can point to and say something has to change because these are going to be grinders. And there's going to be moments here. It's a big 12. Through the last month of the season where you're going to have to find a way to win a tight game. And what they've shown on the offensive mm. end is they don't have it right now. No. Uh, unfortunately, you're 100% right. Texas Tech gets into the wind column for the first time in conference play. You know that building? It wasn't too many years ago, like last. It was banged out every single night. Yeah. They're, they've just given up on this squad. Not a very fun team to no, watch. No, it's yeah. not. I mean, front Well, we running. heard about the infighting and maybe not payments coming from the NIL. Uh, yeah, that's true. Did. Did hear that. There was a that. lot going on there, too. Oh, that was that was one that slipped away. Well, um, One other uh, thing my buddy Kevin, Cyclone fan, said, also, remember, blew that nine-point lead in the last three minutes against TCU and hit the shot. Fair point. But Excellent point. Almost blew you, that You game forget about it because yeah. it went in their direction. Right. That's a great point, Kevin. I did forget about that. That's... Yeah. We're talking about now... Finish. And they're not doing it. No, they're not. Mm. Lipsy looked like a freshman. Feel bad for him last night. Uh, at timing, just I have no idea what uh, some of those passes where they were going. Home struggled from three. Kalsher didn't hit one. But you know what, Kalsher, there were 45 minutes of playing time available last night. He played each and every one of them. Got to have him on the floor, right? Got to have him on the floor. Free throws, 12 of 21. They just cannot hit their free throws to save their life. Uh, let's get Jeff in here real quick. We will move on. Jeff, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? What did you see last night? Well, I don't know if you touched on it. This was the biggest uh, comeback in Texas Tech history, mm-hmm. for one. Uh, number two, and I could be nitpicking here, but, you know, we talked about Iowa State's defense. I thought they were doing a great job funneling uh, to the baseline. Uh, big spot last night. They go into a one-three-one zone. I have no idea why. I haven't noticed that they've been playing a one-three-one zone. They go right into it. I think it was off of a timeout, right into a dunk on – the baseline side. I don't think they've ever went back into the one-three-one zone. That was kind of a head scratcher. Uh, the other head scratcher was I don't know what I don't know what happened to Oshuni last night. Oshuni was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. They run a ton of ball screens defensively on Oshuni. He was just a step. I don't know a step and a half slow. And then they throw Jones in there. And yeah, he can do some switching on defense, but offensively he's just running around with his head cut off. Yep. Uh, that was that was tough to see. Number two. Uh, number three. I don't know what Iowa State was running with about six minutes to go. I understand you want to you want to run some clock, but you don't want to go into stall mode. Up, I mean, you guys watch basketball. I coach basketball. I watch basketball. You want to get good shots. You want to get into the paint. Get the, you know go to the free throw line. Hopefully, make some free throws. You just don't want to hold the ball for about thirty seconds and then jack a shot up. So, but I've seen this in prior games where yes, they get a lead, but I don't see any sets getting called. Or they burned a couple timeouts and they save one for late. And then, you know, TJ can't write something up. And we've talked about this before, and it's a little bit of a head-scratcher. I don't see what they're doing offensively, and I'm not seeing any adjustments being made. I just see them holding the basketball until about 30, 28 seconds off the shot clock, and let's just hike a shot up or, you know, maybe do a two-dribble you know, two pull-up. That's a little nerve-wracking. And now, moving forward, okay, that was a really, really bad loss. 
forget about net rankings, whatever. But now you've got Kansas Saturday, okay, at home. Well, let's say you lose a tight one again. You look down the barrel, you still got Texas, Baylor, TCU, on and on and on and on. This, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to jump off a building here, but this could be a little bit of a scary couple of weeks for the clones if they don't bite this in the butt and make, you know, try to make an adjustment here. You guys have a good day. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Uh, it's, uh, Trent, you kind of touched on it. The fact that Iowa State's given up as many points as they are, right? I mean, 76 to K-State. Hey, um, but a Mizzou hang on him. 78. This was the team that, you know, you're you're going to keep your opponent into the 60s most of the time. But the last three, I don't know if it's fatigue. Um, I, I don't know what it is taking its toll. But they're, they're, they're not as tight defensively as they have been, certainly in the beginning of the season. I put the over-under at 10.5 wins in the conference for Iowa State. Right now, 10.5. And, and they've got and six. So they've got to find a win five. If, I, if I'm going to take the over. Okay, let's go through it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there are six right now. In, in order to go the over, I need five wins. Kansas at home. No. At West Virginia. I don't think so. Tough place to play, it right? Is. No. Oklahoma State, they'll beat them. Yes. TCU. We'll see if Miles is back at that point. Did you see the injury, by the way? I was Yuck. watching it live. Um, yes. I, I thought he's absolutely... Now, the good news is, is the MRI didn't... It's not as bad as it looked. No. It I, looked terrible. Now, hyperextended knee, they said they don't have a timetable... So you would guess, but there's no That's ACL. That's middle of February. Let's say no. Okay. Give them a win at home. That's two. At K-State. Nope. At Kansas, or Texas, rather. Nope. Home to Oklahoma. Yep. Got to have it. Got to have it. Return game with West Virginia. Got to have it. It's going to come down to in Waco to take on Baylor, if we're right. In order for That's a great number you just came up with. Doesn't that look like it to you? It, it does. I mean, just W and it. Now, the Kansas game could go their way. They absolutely can win that. Ken yeah. Pomeroy hasn't projected to win by a point. Do they? So there's one, but yep. it's it's going to be tight. This mm-hmm. is going to be 10-8, and 11-7, and 7, mm-hmm. something in that range. Yep. And from the start that they were off and to what that is, that's... It's going to be considered a bit of a disappointment. I isn't think it? so too. I mean, yeah. look, it, it would have been a remarkable story for them to win the conference, oh, but yeah. they put themselves in a position to do so mm-hmm. until last night. Yeah, they're only one game out of it, but when you look what they've got to do, you remember how Texas game went when it was here. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be fun going to Austin? You think K State's not good? You're just going to roll over and let you guys show up at their place and uh, and realize that um, no, they're going to remember exactly what happened. We talked about it yesterday with. I haven't looked at everybody's schedule, but there is no way that the remaining road games that any other team has is as difficult as what Iowa State has. West Virginia, K-State, Texas, and Baylor. That's mm-hmm. what you still have left. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Mm-hmm. In fact, in all of those games, including the West Virginia game, they're projected to lose at Ken Pomeroy. Are they really? Three by West Virginia, two at Kansas State, five at Texas, and four at Baylor. Yeah, Texas, uh, the K-State number seems a little low. Mm-hmm. Even though, well, my if it's not Wilson, don't love that K State team. Isn't that, it sure? That's so weird. Yeah, I mean, w- turn the TV on, watch them. We <laughs> they don't tonight. The, By the way, you know, as much as we bitch about Iowa State being on on ESPN Plus, you know, ESPN Plus has tonight Kansas K State. I did Plus. hear that. Yeah. Oh my God, mm-hmm. that's a stinger. That's smart. Uh, we'll be wa- I'll be watching on my phone. You'll be watching. Well, on your and I'll iPad. be watching Iowa and Northwestern on the oh, Big yeah. Ten Network at eight. But yeah, I mean, if that was a six o'clock tip on mm-hmm. on ESPN prior to, all right. Uh, so disappointing, disappointing. So Iowa Northwestern tonight. Trent Northwestern. I've been saying it since I, 
uh, it occurred to me watching them early in the year. They're better than the than normally we um, see the schedule. Well, there's a win. <laughs> right. It's not the case with these cats this year. They've got some guys on this team. They're not a bad basketball team. Boo Boo, he's gone from a nice player to a really good he player. He has most nights, Trent leads them in scoring. He, he's taken that step, but uh-huh. it's not just him. It's Barry, mm-hmm. who's been around for a while now. And Adige. He's, you know who I like on that team is the big kid, Nicholson. Yeah. He's a, I, I like his game. You know, Adige is a guy that I just don't remember. I mean, this is really? third year there. I remember, you know, I do. I remember his name as much he, as anything. He, right. But he just, he just kind of blended in. Yeah. There, there wasn't anything to him. Nicholson, he's big. Yep. They have a couple of big guys. I mean, they they play big with him and was it Baran? Uh, yep, yep. But he doesn't play a lot. I think Iowa can get him inside. I don't think Rabracha is going to have certainly the same performance that we saw before mm-hmm. that we saw last time out. Now, against Cliff Amore, a lot of people are going to yeah, struggle true. against him. But yeah, what well, was his first basket late in the, in the game? Was, right, yeah. then he made a bunch of free throws. Yeah, I think he's going to play better, and I think this is a game where Chris he can eat. I mean, you need Chris Murray to have mm-hmm. a big-time performance. If it's going to happen in a breakout, a you know 28-point night, this is the kind of matchup for him that I think he's got a real advantage that he needs to take advantage of. I, Iowa needs him because the guards, Ulis and Perkins, strap it on, guys. Yeah, you got to be ready Ulis to go. has been good, though. Ulis yes. has been good his last three offensively. Mm-hmm. What's the number in this game? Iowa's favored what? Six and a half. It's more than I thought. Six and a half, seven at a couple of spots. Is it really? Yeah. That's more than I more than I would have thought. Same thing analytically. Uh, analytics don't like this Northwestern team. Mm-hmm. They've won a lot of close games, and when you're winning a lot of close games, basically, yeah, you get credit for the win, but not as much credit as mm. you win a game by eight, ten, twelve points. That definitely helps out. So that's behind it. But you know, after this pause, they come out, they beat Wisconsin. And we wondered what they were going to look like coming off that pause. Yep. Who's going to be healthy? Yep. They've won three in a row. Beat Nebraska. Went on the road and won by fifteen. Though I don't care who you're playing. Mm-hmm. In conference play, right. you go on the road and win by 15. That's impressive. And then just do what you're supposed to against Minnesota and demolish yep. them. Yep, they and won did. by 20. They are playing at a high level here. This is a dangerous They're game. They're way better than we just recall Northwestern being. And after, you didn't steal one, but you got the sweep against Rutgers. Uh-huh. All right, play with a little house money. We said 2-1 and one at minimum. You had to go in this three-game Here's stretch. your chance. Get to 2-0. and oh, Before Saturday. Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Saturday, yep. yeah. A rare Saturday game at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Oh, my. How about that? All right, good stuff. We will take our time. By the way, there is a good Iowa State news basketball-wise. Jess Koontz went through uh, uh, pregame last night. They need him. They need him. And I guess his doctor's appointment, uh, he may get clearance as soon as tomorrow, which means he may be on the floor. In fact, I would be, I think at this point, it would be a surprise if he isn't ready to go on Saturday against Kansas. They do need him on the floor, no doubt about that. He is their best offensive player. Uh, efficiency-wise, yeah. you need him back out there. They need more shooting. Mm-hmm. They need more on the offensive end and the other things that he can do. He can block a shot. He can rebound. He can do other things on the other end of the floor. What too. is it with Trey King that TJ's um, reluctant to play him at the end of the game? Is it is it not buying in on the defense? Is he um, I don't know. too handsy on the defensive end of the floor? He was on there, though. He got the offensive rebound in overtime, and he was the one that kicked it out. So he was out there late in overtime, but... Yeah, not as much run as I anticipate. Mm-hmm. And those minutes probably going to dissipate a little bit now with Coons coming back. Yeah. 
Probably, probably so. Yeah, I don't know what it Jones, is. Jones, hopefully, he can take a couple of minutes off of his uh, statistical line as well. Miller and Con, 11.25. By the way, how about this? We had a winner in the building. KXNO had a winner, Heather and Sean, yesterday afternoon. Way to go, KXNO Drive. Had Lisa Guerrero yesterday as well. And if you missed that, the podcast is up. That was uh, that kicked off their 5 o'clock hour. But there was a winner in the building. A uh, gentleman was from Ankeny. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. It happens in threes in this building. The bus had one last night as well. Mm. So the bus had one kick. So no had one. Who's so you're saying be- we're hot. Well... I'm saying there's a chance. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. KXNO.com right now. Uh, once you get there, enter the keyword green uh, green at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 in this nationwide contest. KXNO.com. Green. Keyword this hour. Another keyword coming up in an hour. Wade Looking Bill uh, is next. Then Shelby Mast on the bracket. Miller in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.9. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great bats off. Now back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to our friend Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye. Helps us weekly during the basketball season. Northwestern Iowa tonight. Big Ten Network has it. It's an 8 o'clock tip, and Wade's with us. Wade, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Wade Looking Bill? I'm really good. Really good. Uh, another another big game tonight for Iowa basketball. Indeed it is. Uh, it'd be nice if we could uh, get this one. Trent and I both thought of the next three and they needed to get two. They've already got Rutgers. Uh, that hay is in the barn. Now one out of the next two. Let's see if it happens tonight. But it's not going to be easy, Wade. I, I'm sure you've seen this Northwestern team. They're a different team. I mean, Collins has a good team this year. Uh, when you see Northwestern, what's changed the most for you as opposed to the last couple of years with this bunch you know it's it's just really interesting they, they lost both their bigs um the one kid's starting for duke uh pete nance is starting for carolina so they've really had to change the way they play and they've got i think the best backcourt in the big Ten. boo booey and chase Adige mm-hmm. are really skilled they're veteran kids you know i think schools like northwestern really benefit from that extra year you know guys that probably aren't NBA, maybe overseas types of players are coming back to school. So they've got veteran leadership, really good backcourt. Um, I think Chris is, you know, Matt Painter probably is coach of the year because they were picked fourth or fifth, but Chris is, Chris Collins is yeah. in second place and depending on how the season ends, could definitely be coach of the year. He's done a really good job after losing really all their bigs from last year's team. You know, a team that you look at some of the numbers there, you mentioned the backcourt is incredibly good. Up front, they uh, they have found Nicholson, a seven-footer. He has played well in spurts this year. Now, going up against a guy for somebody like Robracha, who is six foot nine. he's not the tallest center in there. What's it like when you're going up a guy that has four or five inches? You dealt with that a couple of times in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think Phillip's in a tough spot because 
he's not a guy that can that can stretch defenses. He can't mm-hmm. pull out guys and shoot mm, yeah. and shoot threes. He doesn't pick and pop. He picks and rolls. So it's not the best matchup for him. But I think where where Robrach has been really good against these bigger centers, he kind of struggled with with Rutgers this last weekend. But that jump hook and taking his time, drawing drawing fouls, and he's gotten a lot better with his free throws. He had a stretch there where he struggled again, but he's been really good making free throws. So if I'm him, you know, coming off a bad game, get in the flow, jump hook, draw some fouls. He's really good on that pump fake, which I love. Big, big fan of the pump fake. <laughs> we don't. And try to get them in foul trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have you seen from Eulis lately? Back to back to back, double digit games. He had a bunch of turnovers uh, in East Lansing one night, but uh, offensively, seems to have found his game. Wade, what's different with him? He's been much better. I tell you, he's shooting it well from three. I think all those guys, they're just you know, I was not shooting twenty seven threes. They're doing a better job taking threes as they come. Now they were really hot against Rutgers. You know, Patrick was three for three. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think with I think with Aaron Eulis, he's going, you know, one for three, two for five. I know he hit a couple against, you know, these last couple of games, but he's not he's not two for seven from three. You know, Tony Perkins is not one of six from three. And that way, you know, I think the more touches Chris Murray can get, the better. The more they go down low to Rebracha, he gets doubled, shots not there for him, kick it out, then shoot the three. And I think that's where Eulis has been better. Rutgers, go back to Sunday in that performance. They beat them on the road. They come out. They start off hot again after a, a slow start and then really got going. Rutgers is one of the best defensive teams in the country. And yet Iowa put 93 on them on Sunday. At Rutgers, they put up 76. They haven't given up 76 to anybody else mm. this year. Is it is it just a matchup thing? For whatever reason, this Iowa team matches up well with Rutgers, or is it something different? Well, I mean, you know, Rutgers already already beat Purdue, so I don't know how the yeah. schedules match up, but I I would venture to guess Iowa might be the only team to sweep Rutgers this year. So I I, I think that's something because that's a really good basketball team, and that's a potential second weekend type of team mm-hmm. in, in the tournament. Their their potential Sweet Sixteen, they got better leadership. They're, they don't shoot it great, but they got rim protection inside. I think I would just. You know, it was punch, counterpunch. They they got up 10, 12, then Rutgers made a little run. I think in the past, sometimes Iowa teams tend to to not respond to that. They did, and it was something where, you know, Chris was really good. He was, you know, he had 22, 23, but he didn't get 34, where in the past, I think they've had to have big games from him. Um, it was great with having Patrick back to see him even out on the court and even if Patrick McCaffrey would have gone one for nine, that still would have given Iowa some energy. No, by the way, he went three for three from three, had some rebounds, but he's a piece. If they can get him back healthy, he's going to really help this team. Is he a bench piece going forward? Do you think, or at least coming off the bench? I don't think. I don't think they'll start in the rest of the year. I, I think Fran mm-hmm. is so. That's a big thing for him. Just that having that starting five ingrained. And Fran's substitution pattern is really unique. Like, watch tonight. They'll play through all starters through the first TV timeout, and sometimes even four of the five will play through the second TV timeout. They'll bring Peyton in as kind of the first guy off the bench, but it's just a really unique philosophy in that when you start, you're going to play and play and play. Um, I think they're just going to keep, you know, Patrick, and it looked like he was a little winded. This weekend, just um, which is which is understandable. There's a difference between 
practice shape and game shape. But, you know, you forget he had, what, 22 and 14 against Wisconsin. He, he had some big games before he really had that, you know, emotional or, 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 or the mental problem. He was their second best player. So if they can get him back off the bench, that gives them some spark. We look and Bill joining us as we talk some Iowa hoops, this Iowa team. Then gets Illinois coming up after this one against Northwestern, a big home stand for this team. You know, the Big Ten as a whole. We know Purdue is the best. Northwestern is second in the standings right now. Who is your second best team in this conference? I think it's Illinois. I, I just Do I know Stanton was bad the other day, but even without him they beat who they beat bad at home. Was it Wisconsin? Wisconsin yeah. Get, they all kind of blend together, but um, they got some pieces, and 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 they got some pros on that team. You know, Shannon's going to get drafted. The the mayor kid, the transfer from Baylor, might get drafted. I think Coleman Hawkins is coming out after this year. He's probably a second rounder. They're really good, and it's just not a great matchup for Iowa. That's why I think tonight is really important. Yeah. You know, this is a game where Northwestern has beaten teams that Iowa has not, and they beat. Teams, you know, where Iowa's gotten blown out at Nebraska, and they, you know, they, I think they won at Ohio State. I mean, they've had they, they won at Michigan State. I think even they've had some. Big they did, yes, Iowa's they did. Really struggled, mm-hmm. and it's you know, years ago this this was check the box. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. be, be Northwestern home. Sometimes on the road they would get one of their four or five conference wins. But here's the thing with Iowa. They got ten games left. If you look at the schedule, it's not that bad. If they can go six and four, and that's not a stretch. You know, that's losing at Nebraska, losing at Purdue. Uh, I'm sorry, losing at Wisconsin, losing at Purdue. Say even they get beat Saturday against Illinois, six and four is is very realistic. And that's eleven and nine. I think that's good enough to get in. And then just see what happens after that. Look at their losses this year. I'm speaking of, of Northwestern. They they lost to Auburn, who was at the time top 15. They lost to Pitt, who's right there at the top of the ACC. Granted, it's not that strong this year. Ohio State, Ohio State beat uh, Iowa convincingly after they uh, what they lost four or five in a row. So uh, and then and that was that was very close. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rutgers, who we think is a really good team, they lost at Michigan, and that's it. So it's not like They've got a bad loss on their docket so far, Wade. This is a better team yeah. than we talked about. Than Chris Collins has a squad. He's do- and he's doing a great job. Again, sometimes North schools like Northwestern, you know, kids use it almost like a like a stepping stone. Like those two kids transferred out. Yeah. And I think it's ironic in that you could argue that right now, you know, the the one kid went to Duke, one kid went to Carolina. Northwestern might have a better team mm-hmm. than both those schools right now, which you would never have said that in the past, but. He's done a great job, and they got some good players. And they're coming in tonight thinking, hey, you know, you start talking about the Big Ten tournament, get, get that buy, mm-hmm. get that double buy, which is really important. Then you talk about seeding for the NCAA tournament. And Iowa's margin for error is small. You know, they, they lost by 20 at Nebraska. They lost at home to Wisconsin, who we thought was good, but they're not very good. And even that Penn State game, you know, that's one that you think, hey, maybe – we can compete there, but their margin for error is really small. They need a good effort tonight. 
Finally, Wade, it will be officially now the honoring of Chris Street this evening. I know the Street family is going to be in attendance there. Uh, certainly going to be a good environment, though, over there in Carver-Hawkeye. I know Connor McCaffrey, he was asking as many people to get out there as possible. Tough on a Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, but certainly hope a lot of people are over, able to get over there, not just for the game, but also everything else going around around it. Yeah, it's just kind of the the end of the of the remembrance, I think is the right word. You know, it's just so ironic that we were supposed to play Northwestern mm-hmm. the night Chris was killed the next day, and they had to postpone that, and they had to postpone the game with Northwestern because of, you know, issues. But um, maybe there's just a little bit of added motivation. It, it, like you said, though, it is tough to get over there. I, I, I would love to go, but I can't. I got some stuff going on. It's, you know, Tuesday at 8 o'clock, and it's 8 below. But, um I hope they get a good crowd. Students are back. You know, the Iowa team's fun to watch. They get out. They're exciting. And just, I, I think, I think Saturday's a sellout. And a part of that is because there'll be a lot of Illinois fans there. But Iowa, as they get better, the home schedule's pretty good now here the rest of the way out. Get out and support the Hawks. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, if there is a silver lining that they had the COVID shutdown, uh, they, the Chris Street uh, special aired um, in prime time, so more people saw it yeah. than would have had they uh, you know stick around till after the game. So, anyways, Wade, we'll speak with you next week. Thank you for doing this, Wade. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank you. It. Thank Wade, you. Yep, Wade, Bye-bye. looking. Bill, take care. As we uh, look into tonight's uh, Northwestern Iowa matchup, six and a half, six and a half, six and a half, and some sevens. I like the under. What's that total? 148. That's where you'll be. Is it part of your plays of the day coming up in about an it hour? It is. From we now? need to bounce back. Uh oh. One of those stinkers last night? 0 oh, 3. Got beat on a buzzer beater. And it it's going to happen. And uh, had South Dakota plus 15.5. And, and you had Chicago State. Yeah, and they came back and hit one at the horn. Right at the buzzer. To beat yeah. Austin Nash, who had 24 for the Citadel. Uh, but, and of course, I had Iowa State. Counting the money on that one. You're home free. Oof. It's uh, 11.45. Shelby Mast, bracketwag.com is his site. He is the bracketologist for the Gannett Newspapers. He joins us weekly here as we inch our way to Selection Sunday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Affiliates and third-party insurers. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. As we've done over the last handful of years, we rely on our bracketologist, Shelby Mast. He is uh, found at bracketwag.com. That's his site, bracketwag.com. Shelby brackets does the brackets for the Gannett newspapers, etc., on a bunch of radio stations all over the country, including this radio program, and he's back with us. Hello, Shelby. Trent and Ken, as always, uh, thanks for signing up to do this for another year. We certainly appreciate it. How are you? I better press the button, Shelby. How are you? I'm cold, but I'm good. a boy. Well, we appreciate you coming on. So, uh, obviously, the Big 12 is uh, where I want to start with you for a couple of reasons. Iowa State uh, losing in the fashion they did to, at the time, a winless Texas Tech conference-wise team. And then I want to go back to the Big 12 SEC Challenge, in particular, Oklahoma's big win. Let's start there and then get to Iowa State. Oklahoma, when they knocked off Alabama, what did that do to your bracket? That moved them in. Uh, they're just above the play-in games. Uh, they don't have a spectacular record, but I think they have shown what they can do against tough competition, and I don't think anybody realistically projected them to win that game. 
converse, conversely, what uh, what did you do to Alabama after that loss? That knocked them off the one line. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to stay on the one line and take a 30-point loss no matter who it's to. Shelby, there's a couple of teams that, that matter here that we just saw last night with Texas Tech. Everybody looks at the 0-8 record. Oh, what an awful loss. Well, metrically, it's not an awful loss. They are oh. rate very highly in a lot of the metrics there. They've lost so many close games that they don't rate poorly. And then on the other side tonight, Iowa sees Northwestern. You see them second in the Big Ten. You say, well, they're pretty good. Well, the metrics don't like them. When it comes to bracketing and the new metrics that come in, you know, how big of a piece is that maybe the separation between what a bad loss and a good loss kind of are as you go through the process? Well, the committee has kind of, they rely on the metrics. They, they say they watch all the games. I don't know whether they do or not, uh, but the, the metrics is what we have to go by based on what the committee has done. Uh, last year, I think Providence was, they were ranked real high in the polls. They had a, a spectacular record, but the metrics weren't on their side. And so they got they still got a little bump up because they, they were good. I, I don't think the metrics are end-all, be-all, but they are relied on. So Iowa State, to, to back up this point, you, they're still your uh, on the true seed list. They're still number ten. Where were they prior to the game last night? They were number eight. So it knocked out down a couple of spots. Right. So that would have put them on the two line going into the game last night. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I've had them uh, two line uh, since Friday. Yeah. And that that Missouri game was a tough game. You know the SEC. That was one of the few games they won, and, but other games matter also, and there wasn't enough to, for me to knock them down. But after last night, I, I couldn't keep them on the two lines. So you have all but one Big 12 team in? No, I don't have Tech or Oklahoma State. Oh, sure, Texas. Yeah, right. Gotcha. Okay. But, but Oklahoma, St- Oklahoma State is first four out or close to it? They're second four out. Gotcha. Still a chance. Still a chance. Still a chance to get there. Yeah. Well, amongst your first uh, last four in is the Iowa Hawkeyes. You have Iowa on the eleven line against Arizona State. That'd mean another trip out to Dayton for the Hawkeyes. How tenuous is the Don't resume? Call it a right playing game. <laughs> yeah. The Eastern Illinois loss. We've talked about that with you before, Shelby. It's going to be an anchor all season long. But when you look through the way the Big Ten plays out and the like, it just this. You look at the resume. It's a weird one, and it kind of shows up. You have on the 11 line. I see a bracket matrix that has all the brackets out there. They're as high as a 6. They're as low as a 12. I mean, a wide-ranging opinion with this Hawkeye resume. What do you see when you dig in? Yeah, I, I got to think they're going to factor McCaffrey being out for six games. That depends on how they play since he's back. Mm-hmm. If they go to run, that's going to bump them up a little bit. If they keep doing what they're doing and just kind of I mean, win one, lose one, you know, I, I think they'll probably stay where they're at. They can obviously fall out, but they've got a shot if they can prove that McCaffrey, McCaffrey was that big a part of the team to give them a little bump up, then their previous games without him will kind of be overlooked. 
So Purdue, you have as the overall number one seed. I don't think too many people would argue that. You got to go all the way down to twenty-one in the true seed list to find the second-ranked Big Ten team, which is a pretty big gap, one to twenty-one for Big Ten team. But that team is Rutgers, who Iowa has beaten twice. Uh, how far does that go to uh, kind of uh, balance the scales a little bit amongst those big losses? One of which Trent was referring to. Yeah, if uh, if Rutgers stays up there. Uh, and Iowa stays close, that sweep of Rutgers will be big. So that is two wins over a 1A, quad 1A. I think it's 1 through 15. They designate that as a 1A win. And so there ain't too many teams that have that. And I, it'd be tough to keep them out if, they go, if it comes down to that. Uh, but compared to somebody else, I got to say that's a big, uh, chip for them. You know, another thing here is the quad one victories. You know, that it's a measurement. You see some people talk about quad one, what you do there. Those are going to be tournament teams. That matters more than any other. Combine quad one and quad two together and just get rid of everything else. Iowa right now has the eighth most wins against quad one, which is crazy to think about with this Iowa team because they've been so inconsistent this year. What is something that you think marries with what the selection committee, because that's ultimately all this is, trying to figure out what the selection committee does. When you break it down, quad one, quad two, what matters the most usually with the selection committee? I think the quad one road win. Okay. That is a big thing. You've got to be able to prove that you can win against good teams away from your arena. And if you if you get a lot of road wins, that's going to go a long way come selection Sunday. Uh, play a, a hypothetical with me. We've got Kansas K State tonight in Lawrence. If K State goes in there and beats them again, you've got them on the true seed list as six, so they're on the two line. You've got Kansas as the third uh, true seed uh, behind Purdue, Tennessee. Is there a chance that those two schools would flip flop Shelby if K State beats them tonight, or is that too much? Uh, I think that that's fair to say. It depends on uh, you know Arizona and Alabama what they do this week, but I, I can see that being a real possibility. K, I had K State on the one line last week, and then I did my full scrub on Friday, and I couldn't keep them there. But I, they have a very very strong case for a one seed. Always fun to look at the mid-majors, the teams kind of out of nowhere. We saw College of Charleston rank for uh, quite a while before they lost over the weekend. The other team is Florida Atlantic. And talk about having no history. They've only made the NCAA tournament once in their whole program history. Uh, What do you think of this Owls team? What do you think the resume? I mean, there's not a whole lot of depth to it, but they're 21-1. Yeah, that's that's an awfully good record. I don't care if you're mid-major, low-major, high-major, what. You win... Almost all your games like that, that's impressive. And I got to believe they may have done enough. I don't want to say it just yet, but if they still got one loss come mid February, it's going to be awful tough, tough to keep them out in March. Bracketwag.com. Uh, Shelby updates the site each and every day. Uh, today being no different. It'll be about uh, somewhere around 11 o'clock our time. Uh, give or take about an hour, right, Shelby? But it gets up there each and every night uh, following the night's action. Bracketwag.com. Shelby, thank you. We'll talk to you in a week. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Shelby Mass. Bracketwag.com for his site. So Northwestern currently second in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Has them on the eight line. Yeah. Nine line. <laughs> 
Nine line. It's yeah. even worse. Um, but that's the Big Ten, right? Yeah, and it's like you said, analytics don't love them. No, not at all. Don't love them. Rutgers a six. Uh, Michigan State an eight. Northwestern a nine. Jeez. Iowa on the 11 line. Maryland on the 11 line. It's just, you know, one of the metrics, teams that the metrics like, Ohio State, well, they can't win a game. Right. right. Except against Iowa. Yeah, and they did so convincingly. Yeah. All right, hour number two, we will start more basketball conversation. Huge game in the Valley tomorrow night. Adam Emenecker will be on the call. Uh, Valley Sports Network, Channel 671 on DirecTV. Panthers, Bulldogs, but um, if you can... Des Moines hometown team. They'd love to have a good crowd down at the Knapp Center. In-state game. Panthers are playing well. Bulldogs playing well. Adam Emenecker joins us next. We'll talk Big 12 with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports at 1230. Plays of the day still to come. Hour 2 next. 106.3.